I don't know why, but I just had this thought that what if we're just a couple of eight or people think that we're a couple of aliens just trying to convince people that we're humans because we keep saying how much we're human. <laughs> we're human. We're vulnerable. We're human. We're just like you. <laughs> humans, right? <laughs> Being human, am I right? <laughs> lovers welcome to just press foreplay this week we wanted to get a little more in depth on our backgrounds where we come from a little bit of the things that have kind of molded our mentality our ways of thinking some of the stuff we've gone through that make us the way that we are yeah i think our hope with this episode is to kind of connect with all of you just to kind of kind of put our vulnerabilities out there and be like hey we're human also, everything that we're saying, it comes from a place of love, but also a place of we've been through stuff, and I know that you've been through shit. We want to kind of relate on that level, you know? Relate through trauma. Yeah. What better way to relate to people than through trauma? They should have, like, a dating app. I was thinking about this the other day. Where you you put all your past traumas and then you can date people who've been That's through. That's kind of extremely genius, to be honest. It could be really horrible, or it could also be kind of fun. I feel like it'd be great. I feel like the idea would be to not mix you with people who have the same exact traumas as you, because then you guys might just cuddle oh, your traumas. Maybe, but maybe if someone who was traumatized in a way that wasn't the same but slightly different. Yeah, I feel it would also attract people who are like, let me fix you. Ew, oh, you've God, been yeah. emotionally abused? I'll fix you. Right. Or just creepy people who are like, I want someone broken. Well, and you also have the people who just want to be broken as well. There may not actually <laughs> Fuck be... Fuck me up. <laughs> yeah, there may not actually be anything wrong with them, but they want to have a diagnosis. Oh, true, true, true. Because there is a lot so of out kinda, there. They I could like... kind of fake it. But, yeah. yeah I, I'm emotionally abused. You're emotionally abused. I think we should be emotionally together. abuse each other. <laughs> Let's do it. I love toxicity. It's funny, isn't it weird though how some people have that effect on you? I'm not about any kind of abuse in relationships, but there's some people on dating apps where I'm like, holy shit, she's so hot. I want her to fuck you. You can up. do whatever you want. <laughs> you can manipulate me. I will do anything that you want because you're so fucking hot. You look toxic. That's so yes. damaging. Oh my god. What was that quote? It said, the air is so toxic, I might date it. Oh yes. <laughs> my god, I love it. I've been out of the dating world, so I don't even know. I wouldn't even know where to begin. It's a fun time, not gonna lie. Dating in Seattle, though, is a small, small world. <laughs> I believe that. It is very small. Everyone knows everyone, especially I think the gay world. It's a small gay world <laughs> in Seattle. I'm more into people who are more assertive too, and I feel like oh, you Washington area you is not very... find that. <laughs> what? You won't find that. <laughs> no, everyone here is so meek and so passive and so yeah. like... passive is the word. That is yeah. the word. Yeah. But it's so fun. It's fun because it's like, ooh, I don't know. I don't know if you like me and you're not going to tell me, so I have to figure it out on my own. So much mystery. I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> why is it fun? I don't know why it's fun, to be honest. Is God, that why chicks up here are psycho? fucked up. <laughs> Yesterday I was talking to my coworker and we were just joking about something and he said, oh, fuck, what did he say? Well, it doesn't matter. And I was like, oh, that's why I'm single. And he was like, no, he's like, you're single because women are so complicated. He was like, men, we're easy. We're just like simple, straightforward. And I was like, yeah, that is true. It is, yeah. Very true. Women are so complicated. I was like, I would be straight if I could choose, but I can't. <laughs> but also, there's sometimes where I'm like, no way, I don't. I love being gay. I don't know. Yeah, sometimes I feel like if you're into more of a sensual, nurturing type of relationship than like feminine real, and feminine like is a, a real lot better. relationship. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. We'll get into, on our gender roles episode, we'll get into a little bit of toxic masculinity and things oh, like yeah. that, because yes. I feel like that will really help a lot of men in their mentality. 
not be so caught up in being so macho that mm-hmm. they forget that they need to have a soft sensual side. Yeah. But at the same time, because I feel like a lot of our listeners would not be men. It helps. I mean, it helps me personally talking about learning about that stuff mm-hmm. um, to have like a different perspective on that. Obviously, not. it's not my fault that they're that way, but right. I the language that I use or the perspective that I have for other people and the way that I treat other people, yeah, especially men who maybe are giving off some of those negative signs. I think it's a really good thing to, to just be able to put yourself in their shoes mm-hmm. and also make, let them know that this, they can be comfortable not having to be that way. Right. Cause by understanding, then you might have the right words at the right time to help them. Exactly. Not pointed out in an aggressive way like Mm -hmm. hey motherfucker you're way too aggressive but exactly finding those soft words to where they kind of realize it on their own because that's the thing is it's such a tricky thing because i think this would be pretty controversial but not hurting a man's ego Mm -hmm. if it's already pretty bruised because that could set somebody off and make them dangerous well i think what a lot of us forget too is that there are a lot of men who haven't received love as a child the way they should have because they're so raised to be you know mm-hmm. strong and yeah not in touch with those feelings so a lot of times what we're seeing is the result of them not knowing how to behave when they feel that, that way yeah not to have it be an excuse because it's mm-hmm. not if they start to turn aggressive or anything like that it's definitely not an excuse yeah and it doesn't feel good to have people just automatically assume the worst or yeah. call you out all the time if you're getting called out. I definitely think that you need to get called out if you're mm-hmm. constantly making stupid remarks or Yeah, absolutely. Like 100%. But if it's an, a slip up or an accident, it doesn't feel good and I don't right. think we should go out there with the intention of destroying somebody's ego. Yeah. No. There's some female personality types who have something inherently in them that's so angry at the ego yeah. that their reactions, they don't even see the man who's holding that ego yeah, as anything but ego. Exactly. It's not a human. I've seen women destroy yeah. a man who's actually really soft and sentimental, but he comes off as socially awkward because he yeah. doesn't know how to break those barriers. Yeah. But it's not your place to make that situation worse for him because if you yeah. sat down and had a conversation where like, hey, I notice you do these things and I know you're not trying to creep me out, but it does creep me out a little bit. Yeah. That person, you're going to see them in in a completely different light because no one approaches them that way. So they don't ever have the opportunity to communicate because everyone makes assumptions first. And how do you react to an assumption? You react. You know, there's no conversation after that. Yeah, that is very, very true. And I and I'm that I think that's why it's such a controversial thing, too, because there's nothing wrong with the women who feel the need to be that way, because that mm-hmm. also came from somewhere. Yeah. But at the same time, it takes work from both sides. This is not yeah. one person's responsibility to react or act a certain way. This is the man who needs to realize what he's saying mm-hmm. can come off as sexist or control his ego. And then the woman needs to know that she shouldn't have to feel like she constantly has to be on the defense. Right. She doesn't have to be that way. She should be able to just, yeah, have like a discussion. And Uh I think that's what people are afraid of. They don't want to have those discussions. And that's what we want. We want Yeah, that's what we want to provoke. We just want to talk. Let's just talk about it. And we want you guys to be talking in your homes too. Let's all just get drunk and talk about it. Talk (laughs) about our feelings. Let's take Molly and talk about our feelings. Tell me all your problems. (laughs) Tell me what makes you happy. I'm not promoting drugs, but Molly's kind of (laughs) great. I mean, everything's good in small doses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It really helps you talk about your emotions and say how you feel. It's mostly good feelings too. It also helps you uproot a lot of things you didn't know that you were holding on to. Uproot that shit. Get it out. <laughs> uproot that shit. I keep saying uproot. 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 Uproot that shit. <laughs> we wanted to have this episode relate a little bit. We can't really talk about an episode on anxiety and ego and things like that if no one knows our background and we just kind of sound like two sisters who don't know anything. Which, yeah. yes, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. we don't know anything and our perspectives are just our perspectives. But we've gone through a lot in our life. There's a lot of you know, anxieties that we've learned to go through that we're still learning to work our way through. A lot of old ancestral traumas, yeah. the works. I don't even know you where to name begin. name it. <laughs> yeah. 
But in the same token, I do feel, or at least me personally, I feel like I am very lucky with the traumas that I have gone through that, you know, I'm, I'm happy for the experiences I've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also know that I could have it a lot worse. And I think yeah. everyone, you know, we can all say that we can all have it a lot worse, but don't discount yourself for the things that you've been through. Yeah. And don't compare yourself to others. So this is not so we can compare our traumas. This is just so that we can be like, hey. Right. No traumas are worse than anyone else's traumas. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the magnitude of trauma depends on your ability to handle it. If you grew up pampered, you're 21 years old and you are just experiencing something that's actually traumatizing and you've never had that experience before, the magnitude of it could oh, be so yeah. severe. That's going to hit you in a never whole different way. It. Exactly. Where I feel like my life growing up was kind of the opposite because I had so much trauma before I even had memories. I wasn't raised on this compare yourself mentality because I literally felt like my life was just trying to get up to zero. Yeah. Basically from two years old. Yeah. That I've always understood, like, our lives are separate, our things Mm -hmm. are different. Oh, I get that. I'm kind of where I, being gay and trying to figure that out, I know that I'm super lucky to have a family. I feel like I didn't go through a lot of the stuff. Since we moved to Seattle from Mm -hmm. California, I'm realizing that a lot of the gay community here were abused emotionally, were not accepted by their families, and I'm like, wow, I had it really lucky. Yeah. It didn't make my journey any easier. It's just, wow, I went through a very different situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful that I have a family that still accepts me. Yeah. Because it's such a common thing. Yeah. Yeah, which is weird because our family, like we had said in a previous episode, mom has always led with love. So it doesn't really matter anything that, you know, our perspectives or who we date or anything like that. Mom's always been fully open and loving. And I think that's because it wasn't accepted when she was young. Yeah. When she was younger, it was more of race issues than it was being bisexual or anything like that. Yeah. That alone, growing up where we grew up, there was so much racism that went on for mom to not pass that down to us, but have had it be so heavy on her growing up. Yeah. is so profound. Yeah. I'm impressed, honestly, that I'm impressed that my mom is not racist, (laughs) which is sad because it's true. I was even a little homophobic, obviously, because I had my own internal um, thoughts about it. But, yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but mom used to watch Ellen. And one time I went in there and I was like, oh, what is this? And she's like, oh, it's just Ellen DeGeneres. She just has this talk show. Um, she's a lesbian. And I was like, ew, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> and my mom's like, it's why? Like, what's wrong with it? I was like, that's gross. I'm not going to watch a lesbian on TV. And I was like, that's I, what you said? I refused to. I was so homophobic. Oh I refused God, to watch so it. And I was like, in, I remember it was like elementary school or middle school. Yeah. And I barely, I knew at that point, no, I did. I had no idea at that point that I was gay, but that was probably the beginning of when I started to have feelings for like my yeah. friends that I thought were normal were not normal. Oh my <laughs> So I was homophobic and mom was like, I don't get it. Why is it a big deal? <laughs> that is so I funny. I clearly remember that. And then as I started getting a little curious, I like started watching Ellen with mom. And I was like, oh, this is what lesbians are like. I like how no one like said anything about that for you growing up. And then I'm the one who gets called into the office. I know. You got accused like, of being the lesbian. Yeah. And I'm I like, Oh, God. But man, I was like, are you kidding me? This is really happening that's right now. That's so funny. That's I think it's so it's funny. funny. I didn't understand all of that when it was happening because I think I was too young to really remember. But it's one of those situations where it's like, hee hee, when your sibling gets in trouble for something that you. That's so funny. <laughs> well, and for me, it was like left field because I'm like, first of all, why <laughs> is someone at my school allowed to talk to me about my sexual preferences? I think that's why so weird. That? Do you remember do you remember what they said to you? Honestly, I was so fucking angry. The second I heard what it was, I stood up and walked out. (laughs) Traumas on traumas. Fun stuff. (laughs) I do want to talk a little bit about anxiety because I feel like sometimes I'm not very vulnerable in the experiences that I've had around anxiety and depression. So when I have friends who I try to talk to about it, I feel like sometimes I come off as not really understanding Mm -hmm. because I'm not first kind of letting them know where I've been. I think that's a hard thing too when when you are talking to people about it because I find myself in situations where somebody tells me a feeling or uh, of anxiety or panic and I relate to it but Mm -hmm. I don't want to be like oh I understand. Oh me too. Yeah because then 
one, it doesn't seem either you have to go into detail about your own vulnerabilities, but we don't like being vulnerable. Yeah, so... Or you just have to assume you don't understand. And I feel like either way doesn't really feel exactly right. That's something I'm still trying to navigate because, yes, I do understand it, though I understand it differently. Yeah. And I'm trying really hard to figure out the language for talking to my friends about that because... I don't want to bring it back to me and be like, oh, yeah, same. Yeah. But I also want to be like, hey, I do understand, even though mine is different. Yeah. Like, I'm here for you. Anxiety is a, it's a touchy thing because it affects us all differently. And our mindset around it changes how it truly affects us. Mm-hmm. I'm a strong believer that within the first five seconds of it's happening is when you have to make a choice for yourself on if it's going to take you out or if you are going to control it. Yeah. And that is within the first five seconds. If you hesitate, it's taking control. Yeah. The only reason why I have come to that understanding is because of my driving anxiety. The very first time it happened, I freaked the fuck out. I thought I was going to die of Seattle traffic and my driving foot's pouncing. And it came on out of nowhere and it was uncontrollable. So it's like my foot is literally just bouncing. That's scary. And so I'm like, do I pull over? Probably not, because I don't know exactly if I can fully break. And I don't know if it'll make it worse. So the very first time was scary. It lasted probably about five minutes. I didn't, nothing bad happened. And luckily it wasn't fast traffic. It was very slow traffic. So I was able to kind of just, you know, you're fine. Mm. Do you know what triggered it? I don't know what triggered it, honestly. And that's another thing too about my anxieties is I think because I have such a strong grasp on keeping control in the moments. My anxieties usually don't come on when I'm at work. They'll usually happen when I'm done for the day or like say I've been home for an hour. Yeah. I can feel the anxiety start in the middle of my chest and it feels like painful, you know. But you I feel like we as a family, like all of us, me including mom, we are really good at shoving it down. Yes. Shoving that shit down. So strong and it's like no. So then but then the second we release it's so much (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I do think that when I get home it's a bit of a worse anxiety attack because I was able to make it stay away all day Mm -hmm. so then when I am in a safe space it's like boom bitch yeah (laughs) (laughs) I've had it where I can't move my hands I can't talk my tongue is swollen I I've had to have it before where I'm like can you give me water but I can't ask for water and I can't grab the cup because my hands aren't working and it's just like what is happening to me am I dying I don't know what this is and then as I started to get them not more frequently but you know as I started to recognize like oh okay because some people would just go straight to the hospital with something like that yeah but us being the way we are we don't we don't ask for help we don't go to the hospital we don't we shut it down it's fine we're fine Um, we let it build up and build up until we have a mental breakdown But I don't even know if it's really letting it build up because I wouldn't say I do that. It's just like, no, you're not going to affect me right now. This is not the time right now. And I've learned with my driving anxiety, I'll notice it come on. So I hydroplane the other day with Sky in the car because this guy with a truck and a garden bed was trying to cut me off to get on the freeway because I have a small little car and everyone thinks I'm just a little toy car (laughs) that can flick out of the way, which is not true. I'm aggressive as fuck. So anyway, it was pouring rain. I speed up to get in front of him because he was going to try and cut me off for the second time. So I was like, fuck you. So I got my finger out the window, trying to speed onto the freeway to go faster than him. It's raining. I hydroplane. I have sky in the car. Pretty sure I'm just going to go slam into the rail. Then I start having the driving anxiety and my foot's pouncing. And I was like, no, no, I'm fine. I should have stopped in that other lane. But I was like, if I stop, I don't know if the anxiety will catch back up. I'm just going to keep going. So I just kept going. My car finally straightened back out. Oh, my God. Like, by the grace of all the gods in my life. (laughs) That's so scary. That driving anxiety lasted literally two seconds Mm -hmm. because I immediately was like, no, this is not happening. I'm fine. I'm fine. And I literally just kept saying, I'm fucking fine. And then it went away. And I was like, oh, okay. I really am fine. The power of our minds. We can convince ourselves. But at the same time, we can lie to ourselves, too, and say we're fine when we're not. And I think that's kind of scary, too. So finding the balance. Yeah. Yeah. My my experience I at work, I definitely have had versions of panic attacks, but I'm the same way where I won't let it show. Mm-hmm. I know I've been at work before and I'm like thinking about something and 
mine usually come on when I'm overthinking about something that I did, something mm-hmm. that I regret, something I said, and something, something that I can't no longer take back. have control over. Yes, that's what is always the problem. And that's why I try to really be careful about what I say or do, because once it's out there, it's out there, and I will overthink the shit out of it. There have been a few times where I'm at work and I'm just thinking about it and thinking about all the different things I should have said. And then I'm just building up all this anxiety and I'm trying to do my work and I'm just zoning out, zoning in and out. And I start to feel like I can't, like I need to breathe more. Like I keep Mm -hmm. breathing more and more, but I also am trying to hide it from other people. And then I can also have normal conversations with people. Mm -hmm. You know, people wouldn't even know. I might be a little more monotone and maybe my close friends would notice something's a little bit off, Mm -hmm. but I'm really good at making sure that it's not that noticeable. And I'll kind of just turn myself into a robot on the outside and just do my job. Yeah. Be able to have a normal conversation so that no one will know. Mm -hmm. But on the inside, I'm literally like, I'm that SpongeBob episode where he's like, (laughs) fine dining and breathing, fine dining and breathing (laughs) on the inside. And while everything's like on fire and (sighs) yeah. But it's scary because I hadn't experienced that until like a couple of years ago. That was the first time it started getting bad. And then mm-hmm. it was worse and worse. And then and then it was fine. Yeah. I, have, I haven't had one in a while. But then I start to feel those feelings come up again every once in a while. It's like it comes up and like flares up. Yeah. And, and it hasn't been a while, but it scares me because I know it's going to come back. Yeah. I just don't know what's going to trigger it. Here's the other thing, though, you have to remember. When you always have the mentality of being afraid of the feeling and being afraid of when it comes back. You want to be cautious because when you start to feel it again, if you jump into those, oh, how bad is it going to be? Oh, how long is it going to last? Oh, oh no, I feel this again. Then what you're doing is you're amplifying it. Yeah. It's almost like it's a little trickster. And it's like, oh, you're paying attention to me. Let me song and dance you some more. Let's keep doing this. This is fun. I want to keep going. I want to keep going. I want to keep going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where if you are like, oh shit, I feel this again. Let me go outside and breathe real quick. Mm-hmm. Let me go yeah, grab myself a drink real quick. Instead of thinking of all the things that help you normally, you're thinking of, oh, it's going to be so bad. How am I going to handle it? How am I going to hide it? When you really should just be like, I know how to handle this. I've handled it before. Doesn't matter how bad it is. I know that I need to step out. Yep. Step away from the situation. Yep. Yeah. Let me go breathe. Let me go look at a cloud. Let me go scratch a tree. Like, literally scratch a tree. (laughs) Whatever you need to fucking do. Let me go make out with a tree. There Uh, you go. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that when you take the moments and you sit in it and you you let yourself be afraid of what's going to come next, you definitely let it grow. Yeah, that's true. And that's I feel like that just goes for life. Life anxieties and, like, you know, you can't just sit and dwell on shit you gotta just be like okay it's gonna happen yeah and if it's past and if it's future and it's something you've already done or something you already said you no longer have control over it so Mm -hmm. holding that bubble of of anxiousness around it yeah it does nothing for you yeah just be better be better from that point on that started to make me feel better because i'm like okay they i was maybe this person or this version of myself in a moment Mm -hmm. and i maybe said something or did something but that is not me that's not me. And as long as I don't continue to do things that make me that person, yep. then I can erase that. Yep. People aren't going to remember that unless it was really horrible. But, but you know what? Like if, they do, if, they, if they remember it and it was horrible, if you learned from it, and hopefully you guys can find a discussion to be able to mend it yeah. for the both of you. And you have to give it time, too. A mm-hmm. lot of people don't just get over things quickly. It no. takes time. Yeah. And there's things that I thought that I would not get over that people have said or did to me. And a few a few months had passed, maybe a year, maybe however long. And I'm like, wow, I'm over it. I don't even yeah, the, I don't I remember hardly what remember. they said anymore. <laughs> I have a terrible memory anyway, but but I'm like, I'm I really don't remember and they have not been acting like that person in that moment from that point on. Mm-hmm. So who I have no reason to believe that they are still that person. Right. That was a version of them that maybe wasn't the best version. I have moments yeah. like that. So People are very forgiving. I think we don't give them enough credit. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, we're aren't. all going to fail. We're all yeah. going to do things that we're not proud of, but yeah. that's the only way for us to get better. Exactly. But definitely hiding in a way and pretending it doesn't exist or being afraid to talk to your friends about it, all of that stuff, just, it doesn't help you improve. Yeah. It doesn't make you come off as stronger, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, you're not getting anything from it except 
coddling the titles that are put on you of having anxiety and depression. And why would you want to coddle that? Yeah. Those titles are not you. Those heavy clouds are not attached to you. It's just that you've kind of allowed them a space to stay. And so they do. Yeah, it's that's true. That is true. You're allowing a space for it to live Mm -hmm. like in your body. Yeah. And every time you make an excuse for it, you're giving it a pillow, basically. Yeah. That's a really good way to look at it, actually. Um, Don't let it live inside you. Get it out. You're giving it space to breathe. To stay. To breathe. Yeah. You're basically letting it know like, oh, yeah, this is your home. Yeah. This is where you belong. And I'm sorry, but anxiety and depressions, they're all... They're full of thoughts from the past and the, and the future. None of it is present. Yeah. Also, I mentioned this in, my, in the Tarab episode with, with Becca, but I think a lot of people confuse anxiety with fear and doubt and all these other things too. And then they call it anxiety and then they talk themselves out of situations. So like they didn't want to go somewhere because really you were just afraid of a new experience, but you called it anxiety. Yeah, that's actually a big one. That is true. Mislabeling, mm-hmm. you know, like it's it's okay to to be nervous to go experience yeah. something new, but it's not okay to like we were just talking about coddle the behavior of it because the more you make that habitual behavior for yourself, the more it becomes a pattern, and the more it becomes a pattern, the more you identify it being who you are. Yeah, and it's not who you are. That's that's definitely something that I'm because I'm pretty antisocial but at the same time i'm social yeah i'm i mean we kind of all are both like introverts and extroverts but there are situations where i'm invited to a party or whatever it is and i have to ask myself do i not want to go because i am just being antisocial and i don't want to experience something new when i know it's going to be fine Mm -hmm. am i letting anxiety win or Am I not going for a reason? Is this a sign that I, it's okay to say no? Like, mm-hmm. Because it is okay to say no. It's Absolutely. okay to not have to go. You don't always have to put yourself in an uncomfortable position. But it's like, okay, am I not going because I don't want to face a person that's there? Yeah. Because I'm not ready to talk about something that I know is going to get brought up. Yeah. You know, and I have to really make sure that I'm not avoiding situations in an unhealthy way. Yeah. That I'm only... We should all be doing that. Yeah. We should be really thinking about are we isolating ourselves well it's holding yourself accountable to your thoughts Mm -hmm. so that way your thoughts aren't just running you but instead it's almost like you can be outside your mind talking to your mind yeah yeah (laughs) i found this really funny picture and it was an alien talking to a lady and it said me trying to explain my thoughts to other people and then i crossed it out me trying to explain my thoughts to myself (laughs) (laughs) no i didn't see it (laughs) but i feel like we should all be doing that more yeah. Too often do we just sit and let our thoughts control everything mm-hmm. when, when no, no, honestly, our thoughts can run rampant. Like we need to let it know how to think, like yeah. let it know, no, I'm in charge here. Yeah. And that's kind of the point of meditation that people don't realize is the point of meditation is to get distracted so that way you can pull yourself back. And it's because it trains you to do that in your everyday life. You might have a very high stress situation where it would pull your attention and you'd react. But if you meditate, it allows you to get outside of that, think about what the hell's going on, and then decide how you want to react to it, you know? I actually have, so at work, they do these challenges every once in a while. It's like a month, and we have this app, and it's meditations. You just got to do a few minutes every day, mm-hmm. and then you can win like a t-shirt or whatever. Just like a little incentive, but I just think it's really cool. The app is called Mindful Minute. Okay, I think yeah. you should use it too. We mm-hmm. could we could both do it together, but it's just like take a few minutes and it yeah. sends you a little reminder mm-hmm. um, and it'll give you like either a new meditation every day or you can kind of do it on your own and just track it yourself. I remember I did it last year and it was pretty helpful because I've never really meditated before, mm-hmm. but that was like a moment where I'm like, okay, I'm giving myself this five minutes to just not think about everything. Yeah. I can think about it all after the five minutes, but if I can just take five minutes, lay down, close my eyes and just meditate yeah and it was actually really nice it yeah. was very nice because then thoughts come but you just want to keep practicing yeah. just pushing them just yeah. letting them float by there's yep. little clouds like yeah. just they're keep gonna, going they're gonna be there when you're done so you yeah. might as well just take this five minutes to just like <laughs> relax yeah um, yeah it really does help but it's also not for everyone and i know that but there's also different types of meditating and i'm i feel like the people who say that it's not for them are the people who haven't tried to actually understand 
if that makes Maybe, sense. Yeah. Because it's very easy to say that something's not for you. Yeah. If you haven't put in like the right amount of effort for it. And, you know, I think it's something that you have to do when you're ready, though. You can't right. just be like. Well, and there's different types of meditation. So meditation isn't always just sitting in silence. Yeah. You can do artwork and meditate. A lot of people do, like, for me, doing makeup is meditative. It's mm-hmm. just finding the time and the space to sit there yeah. and just allow floats thoughts to float by. Yeah. Because by doing that, you're kind of letting your mind sift through all the fucking shit. Yeah. And then if you actually have anything insightful for yourself, it can come to light, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Even, like, coloring. Anything yeah. that's, like, therapeutic and just calming yeah. for you to do. That's, that's why like, I say you can't really say meditation isn't for you because yeah. there's so many different forms. You can be working out and that can be a form of meditation. Yeah. It's just a matter of letting your mind be in a place where you can sort through and let thoughts go. Yeah, I think that's super important for everyone to figure out what it is that their thing is mm-hmm. to help them do that because everyone needs something. Mm-hmm. Swimming, running, yeah. literally. Yeah. It's funny because I, so I feel like I've had to teach myself all of these ways to cope starting from so young because everyone, you know, everything happened to me when I was little and everyone was just worried about me. So I feel like it'd be actually kind of nice to hear mom's perspective on on what she was worried about when I was younger. Yeah. I feel like your dad, for example, seeing me peeking through the cracks in the, on the door and being like, I feel like she's going to murder me in my sleep. Like when wait, I'm four years old, three, wait, four years old. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 explain that. I don't know anything about that. You don't? No. See, okay. We might need to get mom to like record a little snippet with us. I would, that would be so interesting. Why don't we just have her on our next thing when we talk about it? Yeah. But yeah, I've, I, cause I know that my grandparents, like my grandma up until three years ago, I think was when she told me that she was like, Miha, we were always so worried about you. <laughs> like, I'm proud to see that you're you're doing well and oh you're able God. to. And I'm sitting there like, oh, what? <laughs> you're like, I had no idea. I'm glad when I was young, no one put on me all of their things they were worried about. Because yeah. I feel like right now we're in an age where people put that on children right away. Like they pop out yeah. the womb and they're like. You got this. You got this. Yeah. Stage three depression. And it's like, it's a oh, true, fetus. Yeah. Like, how can you put that on a child yeah. already? Let you know? them figure it out for themselves. I mean, be there to support them. But if you start telling a kid all of these things that is, quote unquote, wrong with them. Yeah. They're going to run with that. They're going to take, take every bit of information. Yeah. It's, da- it's almost like going to WebMD and self-diagnosing. They're going to take everything literally. They're not going to. Yes. They don't have the capacity or the mental state of mind to understand that that's not who they are that's just a piece of them right and they can change it right so that's yeah that's well and also the other thing too is i think a lot of a lot of kids their brain takes that label and your brain doesn't really at that age it doesn't you don't have the comprehension to like you were just saying like tell yourself you're not those things so when your brain's just hearing these labels your brain understands it. Your brain understands how to develop and mm-hmm. continue to develop and develop and develop that behavior. Yeah. If you keep hearing it. I was waiting on a mom one time and her four-year-old son said something and she goes, oh, are you depressed? And I, uh, I was so <laughs> mad because I was like, do not put this terminology yeah. into a four-year-old. Like, do you already pay for his therapy sessions? Yeah. Do you already assume something is wrong? Thomas Edison So he, when his mother died, he was going through her things and he found a note in her drawer. He remembered this memory very well. The way he remembered it, his teacher wrote him a note, put it in his backpack and said, do not open this, take it home and take it straight to your mom. Okay. So he does that. And he remembers his mom having tears in her eyes. So she reads the note out loud. It says, your son is a genius. This school is too small for him and doesn't have enough teachers to train him. Please teach him yourself. When his mom died, he found the real note in her drawer. The real note said, your son is addled. We won't let him come to our school anymore. Wait, what does addled mean? Basically, he's too special. No way. Okay, that's really cool. So his entire life, he was raised to believe he is a genius and therefore... He is a genius. That is so funny. But can you imagine? And this was a teacher who did this. So this is all of us, our minds thinking that we can stop children in their tracks because we're assuming they're a certain way. I am so blessed that no one did that to me. I think no one did it to me because they were afraid that I was already too damaged. 
Wow, I love that. I feel like why is that not used? That's almost a form of reverse psychology in a way. Make kids feel special. Tell them that they're they're important. And I don't know, maybe it is getting better. I don't know what the school system is like, but like letting kids know that they can do anything, not putting boundaries on them mm-hmm. in the sense of like, oh, that's not really realistic. Not that's boundaries, not, a realistic not goal. roles. Let them dream and let them, I like, I wish I had gone further with my dreams, but there was a certain point in time where I just heard so many things about how hard it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that wasn't just from people around me. It was from social media, from TV, Everything. whatever. It just makes you feel like you can't do it and you believe it. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't you believe it when all these things are telling you and you're the only one that can tell you otherwise? Mm-hmm. You feel stupid. You feel stupid when you try to hold on to, like, silly dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I feel the opposite. Because no one had any faith in me to do anything, no one was really telling me, no, you can't do that because no one was even asking me, what do you want to do? But I did have to teach myself to want dreams. You know, because no one was asking me. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess there's different ways that you can... I don't know. It it depends on the kid, too, how the kid sees it. Yeah. Some kids, it might be too much pressure. Yeah. If you tell them, like, oh, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you know? it's No, I could see that almost, like, paralyzing. Yeah. Like, Like too many options as paralyzing. Like, when parents put, uh, like, oh, you're going to be a doctor. A doctor. You're going to be the next football player. You're like they force them to do all these things. They're not letting them. And it's no longer the kid's dream at that point. It's like the parents. So, yeah, I think there's two extremes. Mm -hmm. We just need to get away from extremes altogether. Mm. I feel like when we're jumping to them, it it makes us jump to assumptions. It makes us. We just need more balance in our lives. Yeah. We just need to like chill out, man. So much ego. (laughs) Back to depression and stuff. I so I had taken antidepressants a few months ago for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I tried it, and the first one that I took was Wellbutrin, and it's supposed to make you feel motivated. They said in some people it can increase your anxiety, and at first it didn't. It didn't really affect it that much, I would say. There was really no change. And then over time, I started to get some anxiety back, but I was motivated. I wasn't okay. that tired. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, I can handle it. I pretty much knew... Okay, so I pretty much I pretty much knew what situations I would be in that would raise my anxiety levels, and I felt That's confident calm. that I could control it. So that okay. was, like, my plan. Good. But after, I want to say, maybe, like, three months of taking that, um, because my anxiety started to pretty much get a little bit worse, mm-hmm. um, it seemed like I couldn't control it as much as I thought that I could. They put mm-hmm. me on a different one. So then this other one that I tried, it made me kind of sleepy. I wasn't motivated to do anything, really, but I also did not have anxiety at all. But mm-hmm. I also didn't have any emotions, period. You had nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing. Like, I felt nothing. I was used to being super emotional and getting at least a little bit worked up or emotional or even, like, my empathy, gone. Oh, no. And, and I, like, at work, I'm usually super empathetic towards customers. And you're just like, everybody, fuck off. I, I literally, like, it's not like I even had any, like, like hatred towards anybody i really just didn't feel anything at all i like, couldn't relate to people it felt like so i missed being emotional and i missed having empathy so i was like you know what i need to not because at the same time honestly i'm for medication for some people for some i think people. i think if it works for you definitely like a lot of people can't do it alone it's you know if it helps it helps well, and there's chemical imbalances there's things you've been living with for a long time that would have been better if it was treated sooner or exactly. whatever so you know exactly. everyone's circumstances are different yeah and you got to try what's right for you but mm-hmm. i was thinking about it and i'm like okay i don't drink enough water i don't exercise i don't sleep enough all these things that I should probably do first. Yes. And then if I need medication, then I will. So that's yes. what I'm doing right now. And actually coming off of it was a lot easier than I thought it would be. I'd heard it's pretty hard. Oh, good. Um, but I just kind of slowly started to get feelings back. And I'm like, okay, I'm a very feeling-based person. Emotions are super important to me to connect with people, mm-hmm. to be vulnerable, to just to talk to people in general. And I feel, I actually feel better because I'm, yeah. I know that I know what I need to do now and I have a clear goal and I'm not just expecting medication to fix it for me. Yeah. Later on, if I need it to help me, fine. But right now, I know I need to actually try to work on myself first. 
I love that you say that because a lot of people will jump to someone finding a solution for them first rather than seeing what they're missing in their life. And a lot of times it's a supplement issue. It's a lack of vitamin D. It's a lack of vitamin B. Because it seems easier. It seems like an easy fix. But if you're not like if you're just kind of you're basically putting a Band-Aid on something. Yeah. And that Band-Aid is going to fall off. eventually. The pill is never going to fix anything for you long term. Yeah. I feel like with medication, there will always be a short term relief. There will always be short-term of adjusting, and then you're also going to have that short-term of your body adapting. Yeah. So you'll have to keep that in mind if you do decide to go more of a medical route before healing yourself first. It's always going to be a battle Mm -hmm. because you didn't fix yourself first, and you didn't fix the things in your core that you needed to fix, so it will always be a Band-Aid. Yep. That's a really good point. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I think that... I'm all for science and medication, but I think, again, back to the balancing, you mm-hmm. need to balance that out with your own, your own spirituality, your mm-hmm. own self-healing. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of us forget that our, oh, our food. Yeah. Dude, that's a big thing. Food. Uh-huh. And, and because of that, our levels are so much lower. So really making sure that you're you're keeping on that. If you're eating a lot of sugars, you're going to be depressed. You're not going to sleep well. Mm-hmm. It's You're creating a chemical imbalance. It's not that you're chemically imbalanced. You're creating a chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just like have these little tools in your back pocket to help yourself because at the end of the day, no, no doctor's going to know exactly what pill is going to be perfect for you. And it might make things worse, like you said. Yeah. And it breaks my heart our little brother with ADHD, them wanting to put him on Ritalin. It's like Ritalin is such a numbing prescription. And to put that on someone who is 13 years old. Yeah. What is that going to do to their brain? Yeah. That's and then the other lot. thing I have issues with is you, you talk to kids who have been on Ritalin or have been on Adderall for the majority of their life. I don't want that for my brother 10 years down the road. Yeah. He's not on any medication. now. He's not. No. And he's fine. He's doing great. Absolutely. And the reason why they wanted to put him on medication was because they said his attention in class. But when I'd pick him up from school, he's like, they've been talking about the same thing for the last three weeks. <laughs> he's, he was just too smart. Like, he's like, I already know this shit. I don't need to. Well, and I think a lot of, of school is kind of kids are, are learning things without understanding the purpose as to why they're learning it. Mm-hmm. And so you're disconnected. You're like, why are you reading me this stuff out of the textbook? And I don't know how it relates to me. I don't know. You know, it's not a discussion. It's not relatable. It's nothing. It's just like you're trying to shove information down their throats. Relate to them. Tell them how it applies. These kids need to have their mind stimulated. You can't tell them that their attention deficit for being bored. Mm -hmm. It blows my mind. Because they're literally teaching towards one type of person mm-hmm. and not everyone fits in that category and mm-hmm. i think more and more less people less kids are fitting into that yeah stereotype that main category of this is how you learn this is how the average person learns yeah people are falling away from that there's no average person now no. it's so all over the place that it doesn't even make sense well and we're also learning we have so many opportunities that are outside of just the regular system mm-hmm. you know so we're kind of like Okay, cool. What we want to learn, we can teach ourselves. Yeah. We can get around the people who are doing what we want to learn so we can have the hands-on learning. Well, I wanted to say we're headed in a good direction, but we're really not. <laughs> I, things I, are kind of fucked up right now, but... You know, things, things are fucked up in the world. Things are fucked up in our political system. But we are not fucked up internally. Mm-mm. We are inherently good. Yeah. And I feel like that's why there's so much on the news right now that's trying to take us away from knowing that about ourselves. Mm-hmm. When, when you're afraid of everything that's going on in the world, you're almost afraid to move and act yeah. for yourself. And the most important thing that we can do right now while the world is in chaos is better ourselves, fucking meditate, because you need to get right with your mind. Yeah. You need to put all these things in place just for yourself. Control the bubble and the air that is around you and only you. Don't go out talking shit. Don't go out putting people down based off their views. Like, that's not the goal here. Yeah. The goal here is to let people know, like, okay, we are all in this together. The fucking government has fucked the fuck up. We don't really know what's going on right yeah. now. It so all we have is each other. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. No. We can do whatever we want Mm -hmm. if we are being true to ourselves, if we're 
being a positive light in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Why does it matter what the government is doing? And it shouldn't. Honestly, we've put way too much on. We've we're put way, way too, too much, much on that. We're relying on them to fix us. We're relying right. on them to do all these things that we can do ourselves or we yes. don't even need them. Yeah, we don't. We really don't. I'm not talking like an anarchist point of view. I'm just saying we have a lot more control than we think. And we're putting a lot of we're putting way too much power in their hands when we have that power. I feel like it's almost a cop out in a lot of ways. A lot of people don't want to take responsibility for their own lives. So they're like, "Um, excuse me, the government's fucking up. So my whole life is fucked up. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, you have full control. Yeah. And whoever's president should not affect your control yeah. of you and to be honest most of the time their term isn't even long enough for it to truly affect you mm-hmm. if you're a business owner then yes taxes and things like that will affect you differently yeah but like you said we're not dependent on that yeah. we are so privileged to be in this country to have freedom of speech to have all of these things and the more we allow the government to have all of the control the less control we have yeah And I feel like that is why we are operating on such a low level, why we are so depressed, because we're not living our true selves. We're not speaking our truth. We're not living Mm -hmm. our truth. We're not connecting. There are certain people that are being directly affected by certain laws, rules, like whatever. And that, you know, that's different. Mm -hmm. But for those of us who are not being directly impacted, Mm -hmm. I do think it's our responsibility to help those that can't control mm-hmm. their circumstances but if we have control over certain things that we're doing and we're not being impacted then don't think about all of that don't think about how we could be impacted yeah take that control and try to give it to somebody else mm-hmm. um i don't really know how yeah that's something but i'm still trying to by figure you out being but... a person who's like no all i control is what i can control sometimes mm-hmm. by you holding that energy about yourself it inspires other people to do the same for themselves mm-hmm. because they're like, oh, cool. I see that you're doing that. Mm-hmm. I can do that, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're living. You're existing, even though, yes, you're depressed, but you're not blaming it on the government for being depressed. Right. You're not like, I'm depressed and I have no job and I have this and I have all these problems. You're not blaming it on somebody else. You're taking control. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going out there. You're doing what you can to make money. You're ha- You're trying to find your own happiness mm-hmm. and not blaming the fact that you don't have anything that you want on your government because they can only control so much yeah and at the end of the day what are you getting by going out and spreading negativity and telling people about how awful your life is you're not getting anything and if you're just pushing people away or you're attracting the wrong people you don't want to be around people that are constantly complaining and being negative don't be that person yeah because if you are that person that is going to be what comes back to you yeah you're bringing other people down when you Mm -hmm. could be living as happy as you possibly can yep and if you go out and you help make someone's day better so like i've done this before where i just days fucking awful or whatever like i would do this during double shifts because for me serving being in the hospitality industry the reason why i got into it was because i was so introverted and awkward with talking to people that I had to do something to force myself out of it, which I'm glad I did because even being young, I would make you call for pizza. I would make you go and order the movie tickets when we go to the movies, even though I'm the older sister. I could not talk to people. Something about it, I don't even know. I don't even know how bad it was. I don't remember. But I remember wanting to get into serving to be able to get myself out of that mentality. And I'd have anxiety every day. There'd be days where I would come into work and it'd be just like you were saying, where, where you have anxiety and you don't really talk to anyone because you just have so much going on internally that it's just, I'm really just trying to, what'd you say? Fine dining and burgers. <laughs> fine dining and breathing. Fine dining and breathing. <laughs> but burgers. <laughs> yeah, except it wasn't fine dining. So <laughs> burgers and breathing. <laughs> Forcing myself to go out and make those conversations, even though, you know, it's not who I am. I, I yeah. very could have easily sat in being a quiet sheltered person the rest of my life i didn't want to do that yeah but when i'm having days where i'm especially sad or something like that i would just go walk around and just compliment something small like hey i like your shoes oh you know and it sounds petty no that's sweet or it sounds like it feels weird doing it at first but 
You do that two or three times when you're feeling low for a minute and you don't feel low anymore. Yeah. Bringing other people up mm-hmm. for sure is contagious. Yeah. It, it makes you feel a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have, you know, you a day you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, it's your conscious choice to change it. It's your conscious choice to yeah. sit in it. If you want your day to be that way, then fine. Like, by all means, it's your life. You're more than welcome to have your day be that way. Yeah. But I just want to help equip people with these small little tools so that way it's like my life is not run by these labels, by these disorders, by these diseases. I don't want your mind to be so heavy with all these things that are not you. Mm -hmm. All right. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we really do hope that you find this to be a a good safe space that you can be in. Mm -hmm. Safe splash. Safe splash. (laughs) Um, and definitely give us feedback and things that maybe you want to hear us talk about or things that you want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And remember, again, like we on, we don't know anything. These are literally just our perspectives. We literally know nothing. We are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but these are just our perspectives on, on what we've lived, how we get through it. Uh-huh. It's kind of the nice thing about being human is, to be honest, none of us do know anything. All we know is each other's theories and practices and stuff like that. Take what resonates with you. Leave what doesn't resonate with you. Yeah, if you don't agree with something, we probably don't agree with something that you say. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, just don't, don't. I don't know. Don't take it all so literally. Like we're all we're all different, and we want to celebrate yeah. our differences here. Yeah, we're all human. Yeah. So celebrate being human. Celebrate being flawed. Celebrate being imperfect celebrate being you and stop fucking apologizing for it yeah (laughs) stop fucking apologizing that's our little sound snippet i don't know why but i just had this thought that what if we're just a couple of eight or people think that we're a couple of aliens just trying to convince people that we're humans because we keep saying how much we're human (laughs) we're human (laughs) we're vulnerable we're human we're just like you (laughs) humans right (laughs) <laughs> Being human, am I right? Oh my god! Like, subscribe, share us with your friends. Buy a hoodie. Buy a- They're freaking cool. Yes, and we also just dropped sweatpants oh, on the shit. website. Sweatpants. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you. Oh yeah, we need like. to buy a pair of sweatpants. Be nice to us. We're fragile. 